Hi, this is Jeff Kober, and we welcome you to another Disney at Play podcast. Epcot's 2020 International Food and Wine Festival. What's different and what's unique? Why is it worth listening to? Well, four things. It's starting earlier than ever, beginning in mid-July, going all the way up until the Thanksgiving or the holiday decorations are put out. That makes it the longest festival ever held. Second, it's combining some components of the International Flower and Garden Festival, which ended prematurely because of COVID. It's called A Taste of Epcot, which references many favorites from the past, the best of the best kind of being brought back. And finally, many aspects of this festival have been repositioned, giving, given ongoing construction in the former future world. Uh, we review over two dozen dishes and offer some 80 photos uh, showcasing this event. So be sure to check out our notes page because it offers so much. In fact, we're actually gonna put a sticky at the top to put it up at the top of the um, Disney at Play website so that you can reference it at any given point. We are also going to keep adding as we uh, go through uh, the rest of the festival as we taste and try other dishes. We'll get a chance to, um, to note those and we'll give ratings. You'll see when you're on the notes page that those uh, dishes that we've tried, we've given a one, two, or three star rating. One being do not bother, two being okay, it was fine, not rushing to taste it again, and three being, yeah, you wanna come back to this one. This one's worth trying out. So we are focusing, I should just say, we're focusing on the food not the wine portion of this event. I'm not somebody who drinks. I don't make a big deal of that. Don't judge others. I'm just saying, for me, it's really more about being a food and dine festival as opposed to being a food and wine festival. And so we're just giving those impressions and images. And I recommend if you do have a chance to check out this festival this year, just go to the website and go to the page and you'll be able to scroll down as you go clockwise uh, around uh, World Showcase. So um, let's get started. Let's go to uh, the beginning. And um, the first thing you note is that when you enter Epcot, usually there is a dramatic uh, display that's placed in the front planter to celebrate the particular event. Not so this year. This year, the best you get as you enter into this event is just a banner, simple banner saying Test of, Taste of Epcot International Food and Wine Festival 2020. You could see that the event in many ways has been downplayed because of COVID-19. You also see that many uh, parts of this have yet to unfold in this uh, food and wine event. You also notice, and I'll give an image of this, and you can probably scan the um, um, the code, the barcode on this, but they're encouraging you to use the My Experience mobile app to find festival information as you go through this. Usually they have a nice little booklet and sometimes they've had little stickers you kind of put as you go to each of the countries. That's maybe because of budget uh, worries 
probably because they don't want you having to touch paper products or they want to reduce the amount of paper products during this pandemic. That has largely gone away and that's not part of the offering. By the way, um, I've been trying to pick up Park Maps uh, recently and noted from guest relations that they're not even sharing park maps between parks. They're kind of reducing the uh, the infamous park map, which we have loved since the early days of Disneyland decades ago. That role has been not eliminated, but that has been reduced moving forward. You'll see that uh, as you step through the festival, there is a lot of merchandise that has come back from um, the Flower and Garden Festival. Simply put, they haven't gotten rid of what they had originally. There is more merchandise squared away for uh, specifically for food and wine. Um, that has not been showcased. And one of the things you'll notice, probably the biggest, one of the biggest differences you'll notice as you go through is in the last several years, uh, Future World, which is under the knife right now, but in previous years, they've taken and added a lot of kiosks uh, to the Future World area, particularly just uh, adjacent to where Innoventions West was, or more particular to where um, the, uh, the Coke um, sampler location was. Um, Remember, there was a whole number of kiosks right in there, and then it kind of led down a pathway. Much of that, in fact, most all of that has been eliminated because that's where the new festival pavilion is intended to go. In our previous podcast, we go in length as to why that's being positioned there and what it may end up being now that there have been some budget cuts. But what I show you is kind of interesting because the whole front, there are kiosks in Future World. And oh, by the way, um, none of them are open. They seem more dedicated to, I guess, a later rollout of the Food and Wine Festival. Um, there were also some playgrounds in play, but those are, because of the pandemic, not really uh, available. There's only one pavilion that is... And it's really kind of straddling the space between World Showcase Promenade and what is Future World. And that's the Hawaii kiosk. I tried the uh, teriyaki glazed Spam hash with potatoes, peppers, onions, and spicy mayonnaise. Now, let's just say that the photo um, does justice <laughs> to this dish because it doesn't look all that impressive when you look at the photo, but then again, what were you expecting for hash made of Spam? In truth, the Spam was kind of okay. It was all right. It was a little different. I did put a one star. This is not why I come to an, I, I, I come to a, if I come to a street festival, I expect some weird and unusual dishes or street foods and so forth. So I just really struggle with this particular dish. I and the, and it just wasn't well well the potatoes were overcooked. And so they kind of ended up being mushy. You can almost see that in the image. 
wasn't awful, but I did put in a one star because I have no interest in, in coming back to it. I will also say before we leave Future World that the one kiosk with the longest line came next. Oh yes, that be Starbucks. <laughs> Starbucks has still got a hold of folks and that little kiosk that they have um, right there uh, straddling um, the pathway to Journey into Imagination into World Showcase Promenade still very popular most popular kiosk of any kiosk in that park and so uh so there you go i want to go along world showcase north promenade and i want to start from canada and then move clockwise to what will be world showplace at the end canada pavilion provided one of the most familiar dishes and it's almost been served every year i i am I'm, I'm struggling to remember a year where they didn't have the canadian cheddar and bacon soup uh, served with uh, prop and peller pretzel roll. Um, I you're gonna. I'm probably gonna get um, yelled at for this. I put two. Uh, I put two stars on this. Um, it's a great cheddar cheese soup. I don't miss you on that, but it is a little on the salty side, and um, it, and in just in July weather. This is just not. This is just not a winner at at the food and wine festival. I could expect. I would love to eat this um, as an option during the holiday festival, maybe during January in the arts festival. But this time of year, it's hard to really rally around the Canadian cheddar and bacon soup, as good as it is. So I I put only two stars there. You'll remember Refreshment Port. It's been there forever. It's largely been kind of a, a tag-along to Canada since it sits adjacent to that. Um, and that's why they sell traditional um, poutine, which I've had before. Again, a little on the salty side. Um, you can't complain with the fact that they sell Dole Whip pineapple plant-based. And by the way, they, they have some alcoholic versions of that as well for those interested in that. I put uh, one star on the poutine. I put two stars on the Dole Whip. I know you're going to kill me on this, but here's why I do this. I do this because I think I like Dole Whip. I really do. I enjoy it. But Dole Whip is synonymous, in my view, with Adventureland. Whether it's Disneyland or Walt Disney World, I, I, I see it as part of Adventureland. Maybe Captain Cook's over at the Polynesian Disney's Polynesian Resort. It's just hard for me to see it in a standard-looking um, location. It it just seems kind of there as uh, well. If you don't like anything else, you'll you'll go with the Dole Whip kind of thing. Conversely, on the other side of the street is the Citrus Blossom. This has been kind of uh, there for the last couple of years. In fact, um, the highlight for me. And yes, maybe I'm not being um, consistent here, but I did put three stars with the orange cream shake and a souvenir orange bird sipper cup. Although the picture will actually show a standard cup. You can, you can bar, um, purchase a lesser version because I do already have orange bird. I don't need 20 orange bird cups. Um, and, but I do love orange birds. So you got me there and I love an orange cream shake. I admit it's not quite an international food festival thing, but it was 
you know, it's just, it's Orange Bird. And see, so I'm kind of, I know Orange Bird is more synonymous with Adventureland, like Dole Whip is. So I'm, I'm not being, uh, I'm, I'm not being consistent here, I have to admit. I should also mention there was a crispy citrus chicken with orange aioli and baby greens, um, which happened to be gluten wheat friendly. And this was good. This was good fried chicken. I didn't get the orange so much. It seemed like I could have used a little more zest of the orange. And that would have made it a three stars. I put it as a two stars. Not bad, but it just wasn't, oh, I got to have this again. By the way, in the text uh, uh, show notes page, I put some an image of tables. And a, they're the stand-up tables. They're near um, the Citrus Blossom, places for you to go and eat. You know, this has been a big issue in the last couple of days is that Disney has enunciated its policy that you cannot just walk along World Showcase or Disney Springs or anywhere just eating and sipping while you walk without a mask on. They've now said if you're going to eat or you're going to drink, you need to go to a a, centra- a, a stationary location and, and remain there while you eat and drink, which is so necessary as a precaution because it was not too violated at Epcot, but it I was watching managers correct guests all the time at Disney Springs on this. Nah, not all the time, but, but several times uh, for every visit. And so I... They have these tables. I wish they had more tables and chairs. I think that's one of the reasons why people don't stop to do it. They need a shady place. They need a place to sit. Too often it's stand-up cocktail table type arrangements. I will say what's interesting when you look at the picture is you'll see a green dot underneath each table, which indicates to cast members and to guests, this is where the table belongs. So don't go skirting your table across so you're too close to your to your neighbor. It's kind of a, it's kind of a, it's just an interesting thing to note in this uh, particular image. We go to Shimmering Sips. Haven't tried either. Uh, shimmering Strawberry Soft Serve in a Waffle Cone. The image looks great uh, from D23. Banana Bread with a Mixed Berry Compote. compote. Um, that sounds interesting. I might be tempted along that. As long, as well as Islands of the Caribbean, where they have a passion fruit cake. Um, with a coconut flan. That too sounds interesting. The other options, a jerk spice chicken and the empanada, doesn't doesn't really hold me there. Earth Eats offers an impossible farmhouse meatball and an impossible burger slider. I have had um, an impossible burger, but not served with the wasabi cream and spicy Asian slaw. So I didn't note it as something I've dined on in the past. But in the past, I have had the chocolate pudding terrarium, terrarium, sorry, the chocolate pudding terrarium with avocado cream, matcha crumble, and baby herbs, plant-based and gluten-wheat friendly. Um, so, you know, um, dirt and worms, this feels like the highbrow, expensive version of dirt and worms. And when I tried it last year in 2019, it didn't overwhelm me. And it was a small portion for the price. I put a one star on that puppy. I went to Mexico and I'd heard somebody else um, 
respond to in great favor of the ribeye taco with the ribeye steak and ranchera salsa in a corn tortilla topped with onions, chives, and a lime wedge. Sorry, um, not that the ribeye steak wasn't bad. It was good. Everything else with it was forgettable. I, I truly felt like the corn tortilla had been, uh, had been purchased off the shelf uh, at a local um, at a local store. It just wasn't impressed. Impressive. The pork tostada. I might try that on a future visit, but right now Mexico doesn't. Now, what I will tell you is when you go in the beautiful restaurant inside Mexico where you sit and dine just like you would um, in New Orleans Square at the Blue Bayou, that restaurant, the food's okay. It might be more two-star than three-star, but the setting is incredible. I will say that this might be the best time to dine there, however. If you love, if setting matters to you, this is the best time to dine there. And why do I say that? Because the problem with the restaurant wasn't so much the food. The problem was they were throwing tables so close to each other, you, it was more of a dining hall um, scenario. And so can I just recommend that you check that one out as another possibility? You're out of the heat. You're in the air conditioning and now you're more spaced and the setting. I got to tell you with the with the, the volcano in the background and, and 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 the temple and so forth, the boats going by. This is a beautiful setting and really is quintessential Disney, quintessential Epcot. This may be the time to do that. So skip the if you're looking for something other than doing the, the hop around the world. I might recommend this restaurant during this time. Next door in China, all the restaurants have been closed. Um, they do offer uh, a kiosk for um, food and wine festival. The chicken dumplings with Chinese slaw, that's a great dish. I've had it before. Um, I believe I've even had it in the restaurant. It's, it's great. I mean, it's good. It's two stars. It's nothing so overwhelming i say well this is distinctly food and wine this is distinctly something i have to have i just love dumplings but it isn't something incredible the mongolian beef bao bun i may come back for that one to try that one out that sounded really interesting moving forward by the way we miss norway nothing represented in norway and i want to say that and the united kingdom go figure the united kingdom were both the pavilions that had no representation at the Food and Wine Festival, other than their respective um, kiosks in Norway and restaurant in UK. On the way from China, though, up toward Refreshment Outpost was a cute little kiosk called Alps. And in the previous years, I believe this one, they may have called it Swiss instead of Alps. I thought they had done a cheese offering or a variety of cheeses doesn't matter because there's nothing being served at this time. Again, it's one of about five or six kiosks. Did I mentioned the donut one by Test Track. There are about six kiosks that have not opened at this time. This is one of the few in World Showcase. Most of them are toward the former future world. But um, I look forward to seeing what's on the menu when that comes out. I have not seen what the menu might be for that. Refreshment Outpost 
is just standard fare, popcorn, and usually hot dogs, I think, are still on the on the menu. The thing that catches your eye is that there's a frozen slushy Coca-Cola or Minute Maid lemonade in a souvenir spike, uh, Spike the Bee sipper cup. Uh, spike the Bee comes from um, a Donald Duck short going way back, and um, it's just a really cute sipper cup that you may want to take advantage of. I believe the cost was $15 on that. I'm not quoting prices because I wouldn't be surprised if many of these prices change along the way. They'll move some up, some down if they can't sell it. So I'm not I'm not quoting price for this, but if you love those kinds of things, this may be a real winner for you. Next door is Africa. They've got a spicy Kenyan vegan, vegan corn and white beans. Um, with an ancient grains medley, quinoa, and so forth. It's kind of a plant-based dish. And then they have um, a skewered shrimp with a citrus-scented couscous. Cou- couscous. Um, with it, um, it's all good. Um, well, no, I don't know if it's all good. I, I'm sorry I say it's all good, but I haven't tried either of them. Um, it's funny, too, because... And I, I don't pretend to be an Epicurean. I don't pretend to even know all the, the the names of how dishes are prepared and so forth. But in my travels, I have I have dined, and my waistline shows it. And I have eaten, not because you know I'm kind of like Walt Disney. I gotta go with chili and beans. Um, uh, I can go with a hamburger easily. But I've had clients who have just wanted to wine and dine you. And they have been generous and they want to show you the best of. I remember being in South Africa and really tasting some amazing dishes. So when I get here, I'm looking at this, I'm going, this just isn't inspiring me at all. So that's the problem with that. The same could be said of Germany. There's some familiar things like the roast bratwurst and and the pretzel roll. Um, pasta gratin with ham, onions, and cheese. Just their heavy dishes for summer just doesn't appeal to me. The apple strudel with vanilla sauce, I give two stars. It is delicious, but again, I've had it year after year after year, but that's, you know, again, part of the deal is is that uh, we're showcasing the familiar favorites. We get to Italy, and you know, there's France and Italy, I just always think of as the two places in World Showcase where great food should be should be at the center of the experience. And I like the cannoli with its sweet ricotta, the chocolate, and the candied orange. I gave that two stars. But the flatbread with tomato sauce and mozzarella cheese is a sad version of a of a pizza flatbread and the very expensive i want to say eight dollars la classica cheese tortellini with ricotta provolone fontina parmesan vodka sauce and crispy bacon now you got i have a picture of this and i have to tell you first of all um you have some real bacon chunks in it but it wasn't crispy and the dish i See, this is how simple my tastes are going back to, you know. I had actually gotten hungry two days before, so I found a Campbell's ravioli 
and opened it up and heat it in the microwave real quick just to grab something to eat on the go the other day. This was hardly above that Campbell's ravioli. It was a one star. Do not spend your money. I was so mad at myself for having purchased it. And I would not recommend that. I do, what is interesting, I do want to take this moment to stop. And I have two images in uh, the show notes page. One of what um, the canal portion of Italy looks like currently. And what it looked like during the Flower and Garden Festival and the difference in it. Um, there is one planter I saw with a lot of flowers, but, you know, they said that they were taking elements of flower and garden. There weren't a lot of elements. Uh, they did have two set topiary sets, one in Future World by mouse, the temporary mouse gears, which was Bambi, uh, Thumper, and Flower, I think all three. Nice, but it was random as to its location. The other is uh, Remy from Ratatouille, which I'll I'll get to in a few minutes. A brand new um, topiary, um, but very little element of the flowering garden. I guess all the flowers just died by the time we got to the heat of the summer, and it's it's kind of sad. That is kind of sad. We get to the American Adventure and stop by the American Gardens Theater, where we see that the. Uh, the schedule of performances again not bringing in all those performance groups during this pandemic they don't want to overwhelm with a bunch of crowds trying to all see these shows so what they've done and i think it's a fairly clever idea for the time being they've taken mariachi cobre and the jamitors and they've put them at staggered times during the day in this garden theater it's a great place to get a little bit of shade and to just sit and enjoy the music um, or performances from each of these groups. So I really, I really congratulate them for thinking that through and using it in a way that didn't create a, a, a bunch of people all um, crammed up in there watching a group, you know, and, and, and creating a social distancing issue. This was a really smart approach to that. Next door is the Hops and Barley at American Adventure. Again, um, it's early American food, but largely a toast to beer. And I'm just not into beer. I don't do beer. They did have some serious foodish food uh, choices, though. Many of them from the Flower and Garden Festival. Um, there was a New England lobster roll um, with an herb mayonnaise and, and a griddled roll. I think I might like to try that. Um, because I've never had, um, and I always thought that was a Manhattan lobster roll when it's warm and it's cooked warm. So maybe it's when it's cooked with butter. But at any rate, I'm probably going to try that next time. Um, I've heard good things about that. What I have had before is the southern seafood broil. Shrimp, mussels, crawfish, potatoes, corn, and andouille sausage. It's a, when you see the dish, you think this is a pretty good bargain for what you're getting here. Um, yes, but I put one star on it. Partly because even when I tried it in the spring, 
it was boiling hot on a on a warm and that day wasn't nearly as warm as it was the other day so just going and eating this dish this time of year out in the middle of the heat where there's no air conditioning i i just i would be inside for the barbecue uh the new barbecue offering that they have at american adventure rather than uh regal eagle um, rather than doing this dish. Also, I have to be honest, maybe I'm just, again, not the Epicurean, I should be, but I thought I'll try crawfish. Well, after 10 minutes of playing with that puppy, I was like, nah, enough of this. And yeah, it went out um, with the wind. That is just, and the corn was overcooked, and, or not the corn, well, yeah, the corn actually was overcooked. I was thinking about the potatoes as well. It was not... It's just not a great dish. Um, however, I will redeem everyone by saying Japan. Oh my goodness. This is what I think international food dishes should be like. Is what you see in Japan. Now, I haven't tried the tempura donburi, which is tempura shrimp and vegetable tempura with a dipping sauce over sushi rice. That's my next one. But... Um, Either in the spring or at some point last year, I tried the frothy ramen. Chilled noodles, perfect for a hot day, in a dashi broth, topped with egg white froth. This was so different, and it was delicious, and it was perfect for this kind of day. The other one that we tried the other day was the shirashi uh, sushi flower pot. Fresh cut salmon, salmon roe, and spinach served over sushi rice with furikake and topped with poke sauce. Uh, let me just say, I show, so I show an image from D23's photo, which is stunning. I mean, this is really a cute and clever looking dish. I show what it ends up looking when I get it and I buy it. And I mind you, I had a hard time really settling that dish and holding it still while I took a photo of it. So it's a little on the blurry side. So what you get is not what they it looks like. However, what it tastes delivers. This is a great dish. This is, and again, I don't want to go out and try the weirdest thing on earth, but I do want to try something unique and fresh and delicious. And this, Japan, I'm telling you, they deliver. This is where I would be stopping for the International Food and Wine Festival. Is, is of all the kiosks around, and I haven't gotten to World Show Place. We'll talk about that in a moment. But this is the one place that delivers on all, well, delivers two of the three, and I think it probably delivers on the third one too. Well, it's on to Morocco. Uh, they have a beef kept to pocket, and they have a chocolate baklava. Um, Probably tried the chocolate, the ba chocolate baklava at some point or another, but I didn't. I didn't name that as a, a dish. I did have last year the spicy hummus fries with cucumber, tomatoes, onions, satsuki, and chipotle sauce. That is, that is kind of a fun dish. It's a, it's it's very fried, but um, it's different. And actually, I I put down. I put down two uh, asterisks, but I might put two and a half because it really is, it's kind of different. And um, and if you're looking for different, this is kind of it. So you might just try that one. On to Brazil. 
Um, they have a crispy pork belly with black beans, tomato, and onions. They also have a pao de queijo, a Brazilian cheese bread, which is gluten wheat friendly. And I got to tell you, me and my carbs, this one's a winner. Mind you, it's not so unlike the kind you can get at 7-Eleven uh, where we live. So, which is, is a little bit more Colombian style than Brazilian, but who can tell it all tastes like cheese bread and it's yummy and it's delicious and you can't go wrong with it. For that reason that I can get it anywhere, I put only two stars. Um, and it's, it is just cheese bread, but, um, but it is very tasty. If you're just looking for something to kind of fill you up, that's a great place to go. Then we move over to France. Um, I don't even want to pronounce this dish. It's goat cheese tart with caramelized onions on a flaky pastry crust. It is a very international dish and something I expected at food and wine festival. I put two stars. I just didn't find it was something I wanted to, I, I was dying to return to, but it was, it was good. Um, they have a braised duck confit a la orange with mashed sweet potatoes. And they also offer a kind of a brioche cake filled with light pastry cream and raspberry coolis. So there's some, some interesting things I haven't tried uh, there yet. Um, maybe I'll come to it at some point. I also post a picture of this Remy to, um, Topiary, uh, which is, is an interesting icon. It sits not far from where the main entrance for the new Ratatouille ride is. There's a lot, well, the whole theme of the Food and Wine Festival centers around the chefs and around Remy and Ratatouille. It is intended to play off of the new attraction. The challenge is, is you see all these references to Ratatouille and you don't have a Ratatouille ride. That's where it gets just a little on the side of, of disappointing. But maybe before we're done with Food and Wine, We'll see a Ratatouille right. That would be great if that happened. We're going to turn the corner. There's nothing in the UK pavilion, which is disappointing because they usually have had this little Irish cottage. And my favorite dish at Food and Wine every year, almost the number one dish usually was this kind of chocolate molten volcano lava kind of cake thing. Warm center gooey. Oh my goodness, delicious, perfect for a cool evening. Uh, I missed that. There was nothing from the UK. There wasn't even the fish and chips place, just um, uh, just the pub. That's all that was open. But next door, housed between the UK and Canada is World Showplace. World Showplace was created. You, it, This is the festival center. If you've heard my previous podcast, you know its role in terms of handling group and meeting business. This plays that role. That's what the new festival center should do. Um, since there is no uh, convention business going on right now, what has come in its place, what they've done instead is that they've taken four different kiosks that they would have offered in that location where the festival center is now being constructed or whatever will become the festival center. And they have created four different um, uh, kiosks within this festival show place, um, along with a stage, 
uh, for entertainment and lots of standing tables and a few places where you can actually sit and enjoy your food. The first is Wine and Dine featuring festival favorites. There's um, uh, kielbasa and potato pierogi with caramelized onions and sour cream. That's from Poland. Seafood Fisherman's Pie, Ireland. I believe I've had that in the past, but I couldn't remember enough to rate it. Spana Kopita uh, from Greece. So those were offered. Um, a little bit more of my favorite is the Apple Seed Orchard. Now, if you'll recall, this was part of the festival last year and it was housed uniquely inside the theater at Canada, inside the 360 theater. They um, offer here a charcuterie and cheese plate with Burton's Maplewood Farm Applejack Brandy, uh, a barrel-aged maple syrup, um, and I'll come back to that in a moment. They offer a caramel apple popcorn and a frozen apple pie. Well, last year, that frozen apple pie was Oh, that was my favorite. I think I must have had that three or four times during the festival. The caramel apple popcorn was pretty good too. What was cuter is it was in this little apple uh, cup uh, container. Very cute. And I gave it to my wife who's a teacher, you know, give the teacher an apple. So that was kind of fun. I haven't done the charcuterie and cheese plate, but that is on my next list of things to do. It, it noted that it offered the um, uh, Burton's Maplewood Farm Applejack Brandy Barrel Age Maple Syrup. In the far corner, lest I forget here, in the far corner, Burton's has a table. It should be in the front of the pavilion of the World Show Place Pavilion, but it's in the back. And in the back, they give you free samples of three different syrups that they have. Maple syrups, authentic maple syrups, which means they're expensive, but boy, they taste great. They give you a little sample and it's free and it's fun you want to check this out. That is a very cool little thing. And you may just may find that this is a great take home gift uh, to give to others or just to give to yourself. Uh, also wonderful for this event was the mac and cheese hosted by Burson Cheese. Well, how can we go wrong with mac and cheese? Now, I have to admit for an international food and wine festival, I'm not being fair here because this is just because it's Boris and cheese that doesn't make it really international fair. But darn, mac and cheese is so good. And this, and I don't treat myself ever to mac and cheese at home. So when I have a chance to have it, a specialized version, there are four, count them, four different macs and cheese. A gourmet mac and cheese with Boris and garlic and fine herbs cheese topped with herb panko. Panko. Um, a buffalo chicken macaroni and cheese. I'm going to try this next time with Burson uh, garlic and fine herbs, cheese sauce topped with carrots, celery, and blue cheese crumbles. Lobster mac and cheese. My wife got that, loved it, ate it before I got to it, probably just as well for my waistline. And it included a cheese sauce and lobster cream topped with herb pink. Oh, it was so good. And then they have a mac and cheese with house-made Italian sausage and peppers. It's more of a plant based. Um, not sure how you get a plant-based dish out of Italian sausage, but notwithstanding these, uh, the two we tried, the gourmet mac and the lobster mac and cheese, wow, great dishes, fun dishes, 
the kind of dishes you want to have when you just really want fun, something fun to eat. Oh, and let me tell you the funnest thing. I have left it to the end of our entire review. Under what is called desserts and champagne is this liquid nitro chocolate cake pops deal, which I believe was only $4 um, per cake pop. And I mentioned that because they sell cake pops at uh, blah, 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 at Starbucks, and I want to say they charge somewhere at three, three and a half for this, what is like a um, Tootsie Roll size cake pop. These were much bigger. I mean, literally three to four times the size of the that small cake pop you get at Starbucks, and it was four dollars. There's a chocolate cake pop, there's one with crumbled Twix original. And then there's one with crushed M&M's milk chocolate. If you've never had this liquid nitro thing, I've had ice cream um, done liquid nitro wise. It's just so, uh, it's kind of a cool thing. It's kind of like a laboratory. They're making these and creating them. Um, and they taste unbelievable. This is, yeah, this is my favorite thing. It's not too international, I have to admit. It's not too Epicurean. But boy, it's just a fun dish. And uh, they also have a beverage, frozen s'mores. I want to try that at some point. I may have tried it last year or sometime earlier, but got to go back. So, you know, this is a problem because I can't just keep coming back to these dishes if I'm going to um, be mindful of what I am eating. But I will tell you, you can't, you can't get a better funner dish than what you get inside this place. This was, this World Show Place was a hit for me with the heat of everything going on. It felt like it was a respite from the craziness of the Epcot experience. So I highly recommend uh, this. It's, it's, it's the hit. If you go nowhere else, if you don't even go around World Showcase, go at least to World Show Place and check this out. Well, hey, my goodness, we have covered a lot in this time frame. Uh, thanks for joining us. Make sure you not only check out DisneyAtPlay.com, where we will keep updating this. We'll put it at the top of the um, of the uh, podcast, at the top of the uh, the website. Uh, so make sure you keep checking it out um, because we'll have updates. If you're out in World Showcase, just just hit that and it looks great on the phone. You can kind of go clockwise and check my rating with your uh, interest and that type of thing and just go around the world that way. Uh, so definitely check that out. Be sure to also check out our DisneyAtWork.com website where we bring best, best in business ideas from the happiest place on earth and help you apply it back to your business organization. Also, on YouTube, our YouTube channel, J. Jeff Kober. Don't want to miss that. We've got so many different videos. We're adding more as the parks have reopened, been shooting, and uh, look to adding a lot more. So subscribe on those and you'll be notified of either future posts and podcasts, but also of future YouTube videos when they come out. So be sure to check those out. And finally, make sure that wherever you are, wherever you are around the world, or just at home, always follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day. We will see you real soon.